Benifer is back. Brad and Jen are friends again. And Paris Hilton is somehow still making headlines. 20 years later, we're living in the world that the 2000s tabloids created. On this series, I'm going to tell you the story of a decade of American life through the trash we love to consume. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Claire Malone, and this is Just Like Us, the tabloids that changed America. Listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Poppin. Logan Murdoch here, Raja Bell there. We're potting. We're potting 115. 115 gang. We're all here. We're here, ready to go. Raja, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, brother. You know, um, it's Monday. Family got off the red eye last night. Um, but can we first talk about like what was shared post, uh, pre-pod with the with the uh the float and I, I just saw it. I was I just looked it up in the chat. The Zion Williamson float got put into the chat. Zion That's Williamson reckless. and Mar- so on Mardi Gras, uh, during Mardi Gras, shout out Mardi Gras, shout out New Orleans. I know what's popping down there right now. Anyway, <laughs> that's put a, reckless, man. They put a float of this man being, it says one ton and he's injured. It's a caricature of, of uh, Zion Williamson. It's rough times in New Orleans. Yeah. When the city starts to turn on you in such a short time frame. granted you've been injured for a lot of that, but when the city starts to turn it and that could have been one off-brand float in a section of the of the of the celebration that nobody saw. But like the point is, when the city starts to turn on you, we got problems. David Griffin and company, we got problems. That's not a good look. It's specifically in a place like New Orleans, where clearly they don't care about the Pelicans. You go through New Orleans, they don't give, they don't care. So if the only thing that they care about is they're just just killing their franchise star, it's not good news for the team. Definitely not good for Zeus for Zion. I don't know, man. It seems like the the I don't have any reporting on this, but it seems like the days in of basketball in New Orleans are just numbered, right? Like it, it, it doesn't seem like it can it can happen. It doesn't seem like this is a long term marriage 
at all. The, the, yeah, the days of of Zion star um, shining brightly in New Orleans seem to be uh, f- uh, fading. Those are numbered. Um, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I, I can't see how that works. I mean, I imagine they got to do something with my man Griff, um, and it's probably going to come down to they're going to have to pick between one or the other. Um, most organizations are going to pick Zion, but if 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 I'm the Pelicans, I mean. And I know this wasn't supposed to be Pelican centric, but let me do it quickly. I don't even know if that man is going to like, who knows what he's going to wind up being because of these injuries and the weight issues. So that's an, that's an impossible situation. That's ugly. Now we have stepped into the vortex, Raja. We have stepped into clairvoyant raw. Mm. You've done this in the beginning of the season. You didn't do you, you didn't, you didn't put this, you didn't put this on wax, but you did say in the pre pods in the beginning of the season, about Lakers potentially trading one of their stars months before the narrative came about trading one of their stars. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. But here, are you saying that the Pelicans should trade Zion Williamson right now? Are you saying that that's, that's a thing? Are you putting on your clairvoyant hat? Are you ready to put that on wax right now? Are you ready to go? Are you locked and loaded? No, because you know why? Because I, I don't think that if the Pelicans don't know what Zion is or what his future looks like, at least from a health standpoint, like if there's uncertainty with the Pelicans, I don't, I mean, I don't know who else is going to be in a, in the market where you could get a good return on that right now. I just don't know. So, I mean, you know, there's just too much uncertainty. It's too, there's been too little of a sample size. There's been too, I don't, I, that would be a hard thing to trade for and a hard thing to trade just because no one really knows. How does Zion get the people back on the side? What does he have to do? He needs to play and he needs to play well. That's what that's that takes care of everything, right? All of the shit, you know, athletes talk about, you know, fans and they get sideways with the fans. And you know what solves all of that? You know what solves the booze? It solves the narrative that that you don't, you know, like reading about yourself. What solves all of that is is playing and playing well and winning. Mm-hmm. It's also you know? being around, Raja. It's also well, being around. He hasn't even been around. Nobody's seen him. Have you seen Zion in the last, I don't know where he's been. That would buy him some goodwill in the short term, but just, you know, I agree with you, right? So let me say that, but just being around, like you've been picked where you were picked, you were the future of the league and the face of the league moving forward. And you had this little flash, you know, uh, when you hit the scene, just being around and not being available for two, three years, that's still going to get you looked at sideways. You got, you got to get your ass on the court. Yeah. And it's, it's funny, man, because we thought that this was going to be a, and this typically happens in NBA drafts. We thought that this was going to be Zion and Ja just taking the league by storm for years to come. One person is held up there into the bargain on that, but it's just, it's, it's just, it's disheartening because it typically happens like this in one, two draft. Like the, whenever we have a hype draft of a one and a two guy, we saw this with Greg Oden and Kevin Durant. Um, you know, we saw this with, um, yeah, what Markel Fultz and the rest of the the draft class that year. It's hard. It's disheartening, man. It's really disheartening. I wish everybody could win. It doesn't seem like it, it but it doesn't seem like at the, at least in the start of his career that Zion is winning very much. There's been flashes in a pan, but there hasn't been much else. It's tough. Yeah, yeah it's tough. And I don't. And I, I, I have. I, there's no punchline to that. It's just tough. Tough. Agreed. I, and I hope I. I hope he figures it out, and I hope they figure out how to get him healthy, and I hope his body settles in, and and he has a great career. But to this point, yeah, not yeah, not so much. So 
let's go to a, a happier note, Raju. Um, we're going to do something that I like to do. You know, Logan apologizes. I'm going to apologize. I do this typically. I love this Around segment. this time of the season. I around this, this time segment. of the season. And during the playoffs, I make these grand declarations to start the seasons. I make these grand declarations. I don't know. Um, I did this last year with uh, one Chris Middleton. I, I, how many times did I, did I apologize to Chris Middleton? How many times did I just go? Multiple. At, at least like seven, maybe. I appreciate that. I think our listeners appreciate that too. I think neither one of us is really afraid to apologize. You more often than me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, your feet just don't get held to the fire like mine do. But anywho, <laughs> we're going to stay in the Midwest and I want to make a formal apology, a formal apology to all my hitters, everybody and the shy, all my Bulls fans. I apologize to you as a staff record label and a crew because in the beginning of the season, I put a ceiling on your greatness, okay? I said that I don't know if you guys are going to make much noise in the, in the Eastern Conference just because, you know, you guys seem like a feel-good story that will ultimately get beaten by a better team. Comma, however, but one DeMar DeRozan. And Raja, I just want to say this, Raja, he pulled my card in the pre-pod uh, meeting today, as he does periodically throughout our time together. He pulled my card. And told me about one DeMar DeRozan. Um, Raja, can you um, enlighten the folks on what you told me about DeMar DeRozan and why my foot is in my mouth right now? Yeah, I mean, it was it was as simple as um, me saying that he is in the MVP conversation. I don't I don't imagine he'll win the MVP, but it was as simple as that because he's got his team sitting second in the Eastern Conference right now, a game behind. Miami. Um, he's having a career year. And what is this? His 12th, one, two, three, like 12th, 13th season. Um, averaging 28 a game. Just the, the 28 and change. The ball is his. I think that's interesting too. Like, we'll, we'll, let me just this thought, this thought. You know, when they started the season, it was kind of Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Zach Levine. And they had a little bit of what the Celtics had going on for me, which I always say is hard to navigate. Like when you're not sure exactly whose it is, I think mm -hmm. the Celtics have kind of figured it out too. And then the dial turned just fractionally to like, this is going to be DeRozan and Zach, you're going to be a really, really, really good supporter of DeRozan. So now, you know, DeMar's got the ball in his hand late in the games and he's closing and he's just had this kind of, you know, bounce back, if you will of a career the spurs the spurs thought they were talking about there was a rumor in miami that demar DeRozan was coming here for the mid-level now i don't know that that was ever going to happen that wasn't going to happen but the point is that's where he was in his career leaving san antonio right because yeah. he was playing in you know in a situation that didn't really fit him and so what he's done this year is just bounce back in a way that is really deserving of being in the mvp conversation and when you talk about you know, MVPs and big awards and things like that. You're looking for moments. You're looking for storylines. You're looking for national attention that could support the case. And he's got all of that working for him. You know, think about the records that he was just breaking and the string of games that he put together, the game winners on back-to-back -back nights that just consumed all of the, you know, national media and, and, and social media. I mean, he's got all of those. I still don't imagine he wins it. But, boy, you better put some respect on DeMar's name. Now, two things on this. One, I think... In DeMar DeRozan's case, and honestly, and you can also make the, I would say DeMar DeRozan. And a lot of guys that play a lot of mid-range and they don't really shoot many threes, you know, 
there is, especially over the last five, six years, the league went away from that. And because the league went away from the mid-range, there was a narrative put on mid-range shooters that they weren't valued anymore, which is, in hindsight, pretty stupid. And I think because of that, DeMar DeRozan um, was a was a casualty of that. He didn't, and he didn't, uh, I think he was a casualty of that because he continued to play his game, which was effective for him, but because he played a mid-range game and you had everybody saying, oh, we need three and D. We need three and D guys. You need to go to the corner and shoot threes. If you are not Steph Curry, you don't belong. And I think that he got, he got, he got caught up in that where, and then the second thing is, he played in a market in San Antonio during a time where the Spurs were on their way down. Mm-hmm. And if you ask anybody, whenever the Spurs came to town, they raved about how DeMar DeRozan had improved his game, had leveled it up to the point of he can shoot three a little bit better. And he's a much better player than he was in Toronto simply because he's in that system. But we don't really see San Antonio during those times. And they were also going through a transitional period where they weren't going to Western Conference finals. They, they didn't have Kawhi. They, they lost a lot of people. So you don't really see the maturation in DeMar's game. And so that's when you get the, oh, you get float that he's going to get the mid-level. DeMar DeRose is going to get the mid-level exception. No, I just, yeah, like that's right? absurd. That, 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 to the point where that gets floated. And so I'm glad to see that, um, that, he, that he's balling. And another point on this, I think you brought up a good point about the Celtics and those two guys, uh, Jalen and Jason. And, you know, I've, we've been hard on him. We had Jackie Mack on. She was pretty hard on both of them as a tandem. But I think one thing that we're forgetting in this is both of these teams, the Bulls and the Celtics, are playing with new coaches, with yeah. relatively new coaches. Billy Donovan came out came in 2020, fall of 2020. Um, and the Celtics have a new coach as well. That takes a lot of time to meld all those pieces together. So when you have those three things going for you, I think, you know, in hindsight, it's 2020. You could see why Chicago Bulls can exist right now. And I'm glad that DeMar DeRozan is getting his flowers and he deserves it. First of all, he does deserve it. Billy Donovan has, you know, people can say certain things about him. I'm not going to get into all of that. Uh, But one thing I know for a fact, he is a player's coach. Like people love playing for Billy Donovan, and and you could see the ease with which you know, and the and the comfort that those guys have out there on the court. Demar Derozan is shooting career highs across the board, field goal percentage, three point percentage, even damn free throw percentage. Like he he is having an exceptional year in that system. Now we had we had to talk about the Bulls, and I said on the pod that when they are right, if everything goes well, barring injury, I could see them pushing some of these teams in the Eastern Conference, right? Like the Milwaukee's, the, I think I may have changed my stance on that. I'm not as, I'm not all the way out, but they're like two and 12 this year against teams above 600. Like, you know, and the Bulls. The Bulls, yeah. Yeah, and so while they will tear you up, if you are an average team to below average, they have struggled with the heavyweights when they played them this year. And so that still remains to be seen, but that's not taking anything away. And, and, and in fairness to them, they've been injured. I mean, you know, Lonzo's been out, Caruso's been out. They've had a lot of people in and out of the lineup. Um, and so, so maybe, maybe, they, maybe they do get it together, but I'm willing to adjust my stance just a little bit on that. 
how long is this sustainable for Demar? Do you think? Do you think he has a, that he he will be effective? Because the thing I think I struggle I think with the Bulls is I don't know if it's a flash in a pan type year. You get what I'm saying? Where everything yeah. one of the years it, it has the feeling of like the everything goes right year. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the the 2010 Suns are a good example of that. The magnum opus of the we just all got it right year is the 2011 Mavs, where they just sweep through the playoffs and just and and be a team because everything goes right. What is the sustainability you think of this Bulls team? That's a that's a good question, Logan. Um, I don't think it's a flash in the pan, uh, but I don't also don't think they're going to win a championship. I think they're here for a few years, and then you know, as Demar Derozan is as fantastic as this year is. Um, once you start creeping up to your 13 and 14 and 15, um, you know, that, that, that father time starts to knock on that door and you're not able to 28 a game isn't really feasible, you know, anymore. Now, I don't, I don't know how much tread is left on that particular tire, but then it comes down to what the organization is going to do with the young pieces, what they can do in terms of bringing in more people who may be ready to win. We talk about that equation all the time, right? Like you have to have these young, fresh legs, but you've also have to have people, that have been through enough of the experience of the NBA grind and the playoffs to really produce when 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 that time comes. So that becomes an organizational question as much as a as, as a player being able to sustain a question. But I don't think it's a flash in the pan. I think I think they could be here for a couple of years. You think they're here for a good time, not a long time? Good time. Yeah. I mean, I I think you got a window of time. You got a three, four year window where you could be a, a solid team with with kind of the 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 nuts and bolts of this group, you know? It's funny because like what I think about the Bulls now is what I thought about the Suns last year. And, you know, I was proven wrong on that. But I thought that the Suns were one of those teams where, you know, you got a guy like Chris Paul who's going to get them to a certain point. And they have – because, you know, at that point when you saw the Suns, you know, you see that the, you know, the Warriors are, are gearing back up for a run. You see that we think that the Lakers, you know, it's just a bubble. You know, they're having bubble fatigue, so they might come back this year and win, win – a bit uh so that might cancel the suns out that has not happened um but what i'm curious about long term with the bulls is well and we'll talk about this in a second too the sixers have revamped sixers look really good it's only a small Mm -hmm. sample size but they look really good um we don't know what's going to happen with the nets but shoot Kyrie balled in milwaukee and we'll see what happens when kevin's supposed to come back in within the week and Ben Simmons not not far after that. I I can't I, I can't help but think, yo, this is if the Bulls want to strike, they have to do it right now because there's no like there's no time like the present in general in the NBA. But when you have teams like that coming back and you still have the Miami Heat lurking, who I know you see in your backyard, and you have and you have Milwaukee and all these teams, you got to strike right now. The Heat are the the Heat are the best team in the East. They're the best team in the East. And I know everybody's going to be like, what? No shit. Like, they're number one. And I'm saying that from a team, not record-wise. I'm talking about team, coach, pieces, um, roles. You know, uh, uh, they do it the best. They have the best team, and that's why they then have the best record. But they have the best overall well-rounded organization in the Eastern Conference right now. The star power, obviously, lies in Philly, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee in the East. And... You know, catching any of them in a seven-game series is just a, a roll of the dice um, for other good teams. If you're not a good team, you're you don't stand a chance. Chicago falls into the good team category for me. Like there are teams that'll make the playoffs that are not good teams. 
We can agree on that. It happens every year. Chicago is a good team. Um, but I don't imagine when push comes to shove in a seven-game series that they have the firepower. And I got to give you credit because you liken them to the Bulls with Derrick Rose um, and young Jimmy Butler and, and Joaquin Noah and Taj Gibson, right? Like in that squad that was tough. You didn't necessarily want to play them, but you didn't necessarily think they could win a chip. This is this is kind of where I'm getting to, and when I said I have to take a step back with this, I think this team is there. But then when I look around the reshuffled Eastern Conference, and you're talking yeah. about the the moves that have been made, that where some of those doors were slightly open, I believe them to have shut. Like that door on beating Philly, now we're gonna close that. Yeah, let's close that. Let's close that. Right? Like it remains to be seen. But I too agree with you. You put, you know, I've always said, Kyrie. We can talk, you know, about his his his. Uh, you know, quirks and 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 things like that. But in terms of playing on the floor, brilliance, Kevin Durant, best player on the planet. Um, I think Ben Simmons is going to be a great addition. I think you're going to close that door as soon as you see that and it starts getting moving. And then, you know, Giannis is... is so anyway, that's what I think they are. And I think you might have hit the nail on the head when you said it. That's kind of who they are. I, okay, so I want to I want to I want to give more light to like my opinion and I think maybe my pushback. I feel like, and this is Logan rant time. We're ready to go. I feel like we give a lot of, and especially in the off season, we get a lot of credit to teams that are about to just be solid teams. Oh my God, they won the free agency. Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh my God. We stand them. We stand them. Oh my goodness. The bulls are going to the, or the bulls are going to the title. Or, oh my God. You guys don't understand. It's this culture where we feel like, we, because you know, we're in this culture where we have to outsmart everyone, right? And so there's always that team that we get every off season that is like, you guys aren't, you guys aren't, aren't paying attention to this team to to the point where that team becomes overrated. I felt that way with this Bulls team. Not that I didn't feel like they weren't good, because I really do like this Bulls team. But for them to constantly be, to- I'm getting told you don't know what you're talking about. They're going to be a championship contender. It's like no, they're a fun story. I think I like the guys on their team. I really like Lonzo Ball. Really, we wa- we talked about Caruso at length when he was a Laker, right? I like the players on their team. I like Billy Donovan as a coach. Do I mm-hmm. think they're a champion? immediately with this team no i just feel like we've just we always try to overcorrect ourselves and i think we just miss out on just saying hey this is just a solid team it's a fair rant i don't have a real good rebuttal for it so i'm going to give you a shout out again because i do believe you were probably right in your assessment of what that team was at the beginning bask in this glory because i don't yeah, really go ahead. this i'm just go gonna ahead. bask in this do we have any you basking me do we have any basking music is there any basking bas- music like, you can play you know, right now sasha is, is, sasha if you find any bask basking music in there just 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 put it along even as we're talking right now because that's what i'm doing grant him his bask and i will i will speak a little more glowingly to accommodate the music so while you are correct logan and i do believe that you were probably closer to hitting the bullseye than I would have been on the bulls. I will just say this. We still haven't seen them for any extended period of time with the full healthy roster. So I'm going to reserve judgment. I still think they could be the thorn in the side of some really good teams. But I think overall, you were probably correct, sir. I'm going to bask in this over the break. and We're going to talk about the renaissance of the big man on the other side. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. 
So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, Ra. So we got a text, me and you. We got a text. I think what was it? I think it was yesterday. It might have been yesterday. That text from Simmons yesterday. Um, it was a Tim Bontemps tweet talking about how James Harden feels amazing. Feels great. He's feeling great. He's in the best shape of his life. I'm paraphrasing here. His best shape of his life. He's back to playing basketball again. He's ready to go. He's so happy to be back. He's and he's playing. And I and I gotta say, I've never I have not seen James Harden run a full sprint the way he did against Minnesota in at least a year. I haven't seen him run. He ran, I don't know if you watched the game against Minnie, but he was running a four-three. He was he was yeah. chugging that thing. He was he was zipping it. He was playing phenomenal. I didn't I did not see, haven't seen that in a while. And it remains to be seen how long he will keep up that energy. But I want to transition that into playing with a guy like Joel Embiid. And that would put a pep in my step because I haven't seen a guy play this under control and this dominant in a traditional center since since Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, I mean, he's the best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of just in terms of just pure offensive weaponry. Um, and dominance just yeah. and he talks the shit well, that physical, Shaq talks because because Yoke Yoke look Jokic is a cold cold dude too and he's I got saw Jokic just, last week I'm not disrespecting Jokic it just looks different so when you're talking yeah. about dominant I understand what you're saying I get it okay let's we can make the quick distinction here because I don't want to disrespect Jokic, Physi- Jokic. you're saying physically I think you're saying correct me if I'm wrong correct yeah. me if I'm wrong I think you were saying physically imposing his will. You can't do shit about the physicality and the fact that he's coming through your chest type of presence. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that Yogis don't do that shit. I saw him catch somebody on a seal and when he, he played in, at Chase Center. That, no, I saw him do I saw him do it, but it was like it wasn't the same energy, bro. Like Embiid is going to seal your whole life in the middle of the paint and say, just give me the ball. He's gonna seal you for 10 seconds. And he's going to get the ball, he's going to dunk, and he's going to talk shit in your face. That's what I'm talking about. And then he's going to do the pick and pop, and he's going to shoot a three, and he's going to talk shit in your face. He's just That's what he's going to do. I like that shit. He, remember we talked about earlier in the season where like I listen to, high, I listen to, I listen to uh, music while I watch highlights. And right. you were telling me about um, you were telling me about Giannis and how you got to listen to Annie up when yeah. you when you when you when you watch Giannis highlights. Yep. Or you got to listen to like some just real gut of Philly shit. Some shit I ain't even heard of. You got to just yeah. listen when you, when you, when you, when you, uh, when you, when you watch him be play. It's just some, it's just, it's just, it's, he's in a just different Talking about lane some old state back. property type of. Some state property. Beanie Siegel. Some like, Beanie Siegel. Chris there's and a scene, type of like. <laughs> there's a scene and um, I don't know if you were really outside for this, but there was a scene in, um, Paper Soldiers. I don't know if you watched Paper Soldiers. Oh, I don't know if he was outside okay. for Paper Soldiers. But if you were you outside for Paper Soldiers? Yeah, but I didn't. Yeah, I was that. Remember the scene where Beanie Siegel's in the barbershop and he socks the shit out of like seven dudes for like for for just defending the honor of Kevin Hart. I just remember. I don't know if you that's were what, there. That's what that remind. That's what he reminds. That's you what of. it reminds me of every single time that Embiid goes into the post. That's what it feels like. 
I'm ranting right now. I'm going off on a tangent, but I do feel like we are in a special revolution of big man, and I'm happy to see it, Raj. I'm happy to see the 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 evolution of of Joel Embiid to what you're talking about. My frustration with Joel Embiid in years past was not the talent. I mean, that was oozing out of the pores. Like you could see the potential, but I thought at times he drifted um, in years past. And, you know, even in years prior to us potting and I'd be on different platforms and my beef would be, I, I don't feel like he asserts his dominance the way he could. Like with the things that you were talking about, the advantages and where they lie and, and, and making the most of those almost at, at all times, like that's what makes you dominant. Like, I don't have a problem with you shooting threes, but don't keep letting him off the hook shooting threes when, you know what I mean? Like if you come yeah. across a three because it's a pick and pop or you, you, you caught it on a swing swing and you're squeezing, I'm good with that. But man, if you got to, if you can bully somebody and get us one, do that. And I felt like as a younger player, he didn't do that as much as he could. And so I am happy to see the evolution um, into what you're talking about, which is a dominant big, a, a, virtually unguardable um, big fella who can do things athletically, you know, while he does not look like Giannis and their build and their just general stride and movement is, is completely different. I mean, he's equally as athletic, bro. Do you see what yeah. some of that, you see some of that stuff that big Joker does, man? Yeah, dude. And it's crazy because we're in a place right now. Remember in the nineties, Ra, where you get those, those Pat Ewing, David Robinson matchups, those yeah. David Robinson, Shaq matchups, those Olajuwon, Shaq matchups. You know what I mean? Like those, one of those where you yeah. just knew it was going to, you got to bring your lunch pail. Back in the era where Tim Duncan was a power forward. <laughs> <laughs> right. remember, that, remember, those, remember those? It seems like a long time ago. I, I don't know. It seems like a very long time ago. Well, there's no, there's no real matchup. I mean, there's no real, real, matchup for him out there physically like that. I mean, I just like the Giannis. I like the Giannis um, Embiid matchups a lot. I do like those. That, those that's a fun matchup. Those fun are the matchup. ones. Um, I don't think Giannis has a great answer for Embiid down there on that block though. Like, I, you know, but, but anyway, let, let me get in, let me get into something else. Let me, can I change, can I change gears yeah, real quick? Because I want to talk about how good you, you talk about, you know, the, the brilliance of Joel Embiid. Um, James Harden, is so good for Joel Embiid. Yes. So good for Joel Embiid because, you know, what was in question coming over to Philly was just where was James Harden's head at? Like, and I think most of us probably felt like as soon as he got to Philly, he was going to be fine. Like, he just was kind of checked out on Brooklyn and shit happened. So, boom, he's miraculously good. He took the, he took the hamstring heel pill and we're good to go, right? But his ability... To <laughs> his ability to create, you know, or or to just command eyeballs um, and and orchestrate offense is going to get Joel Embiid on top of the dominating. You can't guard me one on one. Give me the ball. Let me cook um, opportunities. You now just see him getting silly rolls to the basket, left and right, just opportunistic drops from from James Harden as the defense is kind of locked in on him, and Joel Embiid just knows how to slide and get those buckets. You know, that changes everything because, you know, you, you can devise a game plan for James Hart. I mean, for, for, for Joel Embiid, like when that's, when their offense is give it to Joel, let's get it to Joel. How are we going to get it to Joel? We're going to move Joel. Like I can watch enough film, but when you got 
you know, James Harden out there on the ball and Joel's over on the float and now he's sprinting into a pick and roll. Now, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Ah, damn. I threw a late lob to the rim. Bomb dunked on like that. That's just going to free up Joel for 10 easier ones a game than he ordinarily would get. It's funny because I, and I'm, I'm, this is, this is a wild thing I'm about to say, Roger. So be, be careful. I think this is what, this is what I would have wanted to see the evolution of games that I would have wanted to see if Kobe and Shaq would have stayed, stayed together. And hear me out because I know you're looking at me wild. I would have loved to see a 30 year old Kobe play with a 30 something, like a, a prime Shaq, because Kobe was still in the midst of he was a young guy, didn't wanted his own team. We already know the story of that, right? And he wasn't as, and we can both agree on this because you played with him most of his career. Kobe was not as mature of an offensive player as he was later in his career. That's no knock on Kobe. That's more of just the fact that, hey, he just got better with time and mm-hmm. he just knew more about the game, right? I love right now seeing James Harden in his 30s playing against a, with the Joel Embiid because like, and at this stage of his career, because he gets to have, he's, he's more mature of an offensive player because he's had those, those, he's had the, my team. I want my team era of his career already. He's already had it. He's already had that in Houston. Yeah. It didn't work out and didn't work out in Brooklyn, but it, you could see the way he, bro, I just saw a small sample size, um, they played against the Knicks, but I only watched the game against um, Minnesota. I just see a pep in his step right now that if he keeps this, the Sixers are dangerous, bro. Oh, They're yeah. dangerous. Yeah. I think I think you know, it's a good point on, on Kobe and Shaq. You're talking about points of career of conversation. Um, you know, like we, I talk about this all the time when you put players together especially really, really good young players is like, you know, they're not ready at that point to kind of give up part of themselves for the greater good. Everyone's trying to establish who they are, trying to be the face of the league. You know, you hear guys say all the time, I want to be the best to ever do it. Most of them feel like they have a shot at that. And so that's the quest early in the career. And then the winning, you know, kind of you mature into that. So I I can agree to, uh, you know, it would have been interesting to see if Kobe and Shaq had played together later in the career. I think, Kobe and James, two completely different styles of play, though. So, like, Kobe wasn't just a pick and roller to death. I didn't mean it. I meant more of so just the maturation of an no, offensive game. No, no, I didn't I mean you. styles at all. Yeah. No, and I agree. I agree. I was just, you know, kind of picking at the bone there. But I do think, you know, the, the question for me was only what James Harden was going to show up in Philly. That was it. You know, yeah. I talked about it being a win-win. I still, I still think it will be. I hope Ben Simmons proves me right. But from Philly's standpoint, if you got a motivated James Harden, and I, I couldn't understand why he wouldn't be, but you had to you had to question it. You, you you had to. Like you have to, you'd be silly if you didn't. So, but as a motivated player coming out looking refreshed the way he does, the chemistry being seamless, or so it would appear, um, I do think they are very, very, very dangerous. Now they got to get more out of Tobias. They got to figure out how he fits into that equation. Um, you've got one of the best defenders in the league and 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 Thibault. Um, uh, you know, Maxi is a good piece. They've got really good pieces. You have to figure out how you get something out of Paul Millsap, who you also got in a deal. Obviously, mm-hmm. very limited, like at this point, but still, you need production from those dudes in playoff series, right? Yeah. Um, you have to figure out around the edges, and this is where Doc Rivers comes into play. This is where, uh, you know, Doc's got to earn his check. 
You got to yep. get the most out of some of those other dudes because that duo of James Harden and Joel Embiid, um, James Harden's never played with anyone as good as Joel Embiid. This is what we wanted to see out of out of out of um, James Harden and Dwight Howard all those years back. This yeah, is the, this is what this we is what wanted. You, correct. Now, now I I want to be clear. Like Kevin Durant, when he played with Kevin Durant, like James wasn't. You know, Kevin Durant obviously is Kevin Durant, but James Harden wasn't James Harden at that time, right? So, right. like, it, while he's been at the height of his superpowers, it's the best player he's ever played with, and 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 the same with Joel. And so, that's his, man. That pairing is fantastic. Doc's going to earn that check. He's got to put them boys around them in positions to supplement what they do, mm-hmm. um, and they're as dangerous as anybody. I can't wait to see what happens, man. This is this. I, I I'm really excited for this backstretch of the of the season, just for, that we can answer all these questions, man. It's a lot going on, but let's take a quick break. We're going to talk about Franklin Saint. Oh. Oh, the end of the break. Let's get it. Oh. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back. Listen, Roger, you know we couldn't get out of here without talking about Snowfall. All right? Mm-hmm. We got to lock back in. State. Franklin Season State five. Back. We're back in a bag. All right? I got mm. some quick hitters for you. I got some questions. If you guys didn't watch the first two seasons of Season 5, you know what? Just take these spoilers because it's your fault. Come keep listening. All right? I got some rapid fire for you, Roger. Now, yeah. we are in the season where everything is coming to a head. It seems like that for every season, but specifically this one. We are in the late 80s. Lynn Bias has just died. Lynn Bias. Lynn Bias has died of a cocaine overdose, right? And we are back in a bag. We are here. Everything is closing in. Franklin is trying to leave the game, allegedly. I don't believe he's leaving the game. Um, We got... uh, Reed is back somehow. It's just a lot going on right here. I'm just going to give you some rapid fire. We'll go. That boy. That boy said, "Don't call me Reed. You ain't got to call me Reed. It's Teddy. It's Teddy. What does Mama call him? What is his name? Let's go, baby. Does Mama call him Teddy? I'm gonna call him Reed. Anyway, (laughs) I got some rapid fire for you, man. Now, so Franklin has a new girlfriend, Veronique. All right, she's 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 in real estate. She's got her shit together. She's figuring stuff out. Um, she's trying to get Franklin out of the game. Now, I don't know. I don't, I, I think I'm just really skeptical of her right now. Right? There's shade really, there. There's, there's shade. shade there more because I don't know right now. She's really taking a hold of the whole organization, but more because Franklin has a very terrible track record in pricking love interest. Yeah. His last chick shot him. His last yeah. chick <laughs> damn near killed him. All right, like I don't, I don't trust his his judgment in picking women. So my question to you is: Is his girl new girlfriend a double agent right now? Prediction time. Do you think she's a double agent? Yes. If I had to pick, I would say yes. Something, 
Some, something felt amiss. I was. What mm. felt amiss to you? Mm. Do you think it's because she took too much control of the organization and she like, I think it was the end when she stopped and was like, I got this. We're going to figure this out. It's like, you're new here. You don't even know the operation right now. You know, it could just be, it could just be the writing for me. And I don't want to talk shit about the show just because it like, it just, it was just there. And so it, it yeah. felt weird for me, right? Like it was just there and it was really integrated in the storyline. And we were talking about having family and then the guilt trip about like, hey, doing whatever you got to do to to protect this family and your life. But I'm like, I'm always like, but you knew, you know who I am. Yeah. Like you. We got I a little mean, bit of this in power too. We got a little bit of this in power. Yeah. We're, like uh, I, yeah. That, that always used to bug me out too. Like, I mean, you you know who I am. Like you've been here from the the, the jump. I mean, she wasn't it's there like, from the jump. It's like, but, yeah. It's like somebody saying, oh, Rod, like, I love you. We should just, you should quit basketball after you're, you know, you should just quit right now. Like, you know, I was here. I was, I was I, here. That's what I do. That's what I do. Like Franklin slangs that, that, that stuff, you know, like yeah. that's what he's going to do. Yeah. So, so yes, I, I do. Just, I think there was something weird. I, I don't, I don't, I don't have. That's something to look at. That's something to look at. I don't know. I, I don't know. Now, this is a bit easier question, but I don't. I, this is a two-parter. Did Franklin make the right call? Easy answer. Did he make the right call? Popping his homie had to kill White Boy Rob. Did he had to kill? He had to kill White Boy had Rob. To kill, had to kill White but Boy Rob. Does this come to? I, I feel like like maybe White Boy Rob's family is coming to get his ass. Like like that's just another unnecessary enemy. But like, I feel like you had to subtract, but I, I don't know. Do you, is there repercussions on that? Do you think there's repercussions? I think the repercussions are going to be inner turmoil with Franklin over having to do it at the end of the he day. He had to do it, though. He, he but he to had it. to do it, man. Once once you went out there and and homies, like the dude who popped the kid at the party, knew about Franklin's relationship with the feds and he was popping off at the mouth and then Rob couldn't stay off the pipe. Like you had you had to do it. It sucked. But I think Franklin is, I think he's going to come back to haunt Franklin with some personal demons, if you will. That's where I'm going. Now, my guy who had um, who, whose house it was, the guy that it was it was Franklin's plug who was helping him out, who got who uh, Teddy got rid of allegedly. Mm. We don't we don't know. We didn't mm. see him get rid of him, so we don't know. But he's dealing with with Franklin. Like he's having some relations with Franklin's. Um, I think it's aunt or somebody, but any someone within Franklin's inner circle. I don't know. I think that it that can get a little messy, man. Franklin does not know how to choose his friends. I, I think that's the biggest thing. He doesn't know how to choose his friends. He's not a good friend chooser. Yeah, Franklin has some ride or dies, but he makes some some poor choices. He on never some of those invests people. in his ride or dies. Yeah, I just, yeah. I, I, but but that dude is gone. I don't I don't know his name, but he's gone. He got poisoned, bro. Teddy Teddy Teddy, Teddy did handled poison. that. We did yeah. that. Teddy handled that. Teddy, Teddy um, did that. And then said, hey, just because he's so cold, like Teddy is nasty. Teddy hit him with just just so you know, this is because you're you were bad at your job. As the I man mean, is there taking his last breath, though, like you ain't got to say shit. You didn't just killed him. Why? You, I mean, what? that's I mean, Teddy is a sicko. As, as he has Teddy to be a, a sicko to be his he has to be a, a sicko, sicko to do his job. He's a sicko. Moving right along. You just said it. Teddy's going to take Franklin out, isn't he? I, I, he's going to. It's the late 80s. If anything talked to us about the late 80s, this is when shit gets cracked down. And somehow Teddy is going back in his life. I just feel like Franklin's going back to jail where he's going to die at the end of the season, bro. It's over. Like, I don't think that this is, I don't think he's going to die, but I think it's over for Franklin's empire. Because it's would, like, if we look ahead. at the timeline of the 80s, right? This is around the time where people were like, people were getting hemmed up. People were like, it, the, the law was cracking down. I, I love that they use Lynn Bias as a proxy for this mm -hmm. because 
that's when shit started to hit the fan when you start talking about the crack epidemic and started selling selling drugs. People start cracking down. I think Teddy is not a friend of Franklin as much as Franklin as much as he tries to say he is. Well, he said as much when he told him that the dude who he just killed was not your friend. Essentially saying to you, I, I, look, look at me, look at me in the eye, boy. I am not your friend. And I would just say, how many people from that era made it out of that? I mean, I guess if they were really good at it, they would have and you would have never heard of them. But I imagine it comes down to Franklin's, Franklin State meeting one of those fates that that you typically would meet in that line of work. You know what I mean? Um, I'm here. I'm here for the standoff between him and Teddy though. Cause Franklin was, Franklin was out of the game, man. Franklin had plans. There was a blueprint. We talk, I talk about that blueprint all the time with GMs and shit. Yeah. Franklin yeah. had his plans laid out. Yeah. He just made a couple bad trades though. Made a couple bad trades, yeah. got a couple signings that he thought was going to like, you know, be loyal to that. Yep. He should have just cut at the deadline. Didn't. Yeah. No, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, I did appreciate Rome and them out there on the horses. Like, you know, Yo, trying, to, OG, trying to move up. OG, out Rome is out here. Rome is out here doing it. But here's the thing, though. I This is my, my thing with this whole organization. I feel like Franklin is trying to put too much dip on his chip, trying to go downtown to get real estate downtown. They Like, I get why he's trying to do it. But also, I you're you're putting a lot of eyes on you that is not otherwise would not be on you by trying to do that. Just chill yeah. out and relax. Trying to break into circles that they don't want you in in the first place, bro. Like that's how you get them eyes on you. That's how you get them eyes that's on you, you Frank Lucas, with the with the with the with the uh, fur coat. That's you're what's doing too much. Um, can I just say this because I know we can't be all like I do believe. Um, Leon, mm -hmm. Leon is gonna have a big. There's gonna be something with Leon, man. Leon's gonna have a big a big part in this storyline. I don't know what it is. I can't feel it out. Last question for this, and we'll we'll get back to this. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna make the little recurring Mondays thing. Do you think Franklin's pops is dead? Because we did not. Is he dead right now? Very early. Is he dead? Yes. I'm gonna go no. I don't think he's dead. Mm. I don't. I don't. I don't believe anybody's dead until we actually see them die. We didn't see him die. I, I, I like where your mind's at. Uh -huh. All right. It's time for the. Uh, it's it's time here. It's time. <sighs> Let's do the drum roll, please, because we got a man right now who hit me yesterday late into the night. Said he had something on his mind. He was watching the Lakers play. Oh. He was very upset. Um, he said, I need to get some shit off my chest. I am a mad hooper right now. I am sick and tired of what's going on mm. at Crypto.com Arena. He says that they need to change it back. But matter of fact, I'm just going to let him speak for himself. We got mad hooper Jomi in the building Jomi, what is on your mind right now after watching the latest Laker loss? Um, I mean, well, again, first of all, thanks for having me on. Always, always got to be on with you guys. Um, to say that I'm Mad Hooper would be underselling it, Logan. I am pissed. <laughs> okay? You lose by basically 30 to the Pelicans, right? Look, let me just, let me just be very clear. The Lakers are the worst team in basketball. Like by far, right? You're like, you're like, Jomi, what are you talking about? They're only six games under 500. There are way worse teams and not even, not only in the Western Conference, but also in the NBA. Listen, Orlando has guys throwing it off the backboard. You know what I'm saying? Detroit has Kate Cunningham. 
You feel me? The Lakers have LeBron James, but simultaneously don't have two brain cells to put together to play basketball. 23 turnovers? Are you kidding me? It's disgusting. It's embarrassing <laughs> basketball. Worst team in the league to watch by far. They can't shoot worth crap. Right. They're just there vibing on the court. They don't run any sets. They're just there to collect checks. Right. It's 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 I have never been so disgusted to be a Lakers fan ever in my life. That's how bad it is down there. All right. Listen. And. I know everybody listening, y'all, y'all, y'all hate the Lakers. This is like, this is good for y'all. Y'all love this. And I'm happy for y'all. Enjoy this. This is as good as it gets. The Lakers are an embarrassment, not only to Los Angeles, not only to, to, to the, to, to the state, just to, just to basketball in general. It's an eyesore. I've seen better runs at the YMCA. It's all my Laker fans listening out there. Just stop watching. Love yourself. Do better. All right. When the Lakers are playing, go spend time with your family, right? Go talk to your kids, all right? Go to Santa Monica. Love yourself. Do better than watching that basketball. I don't even call it a basketball team. That group of 12 dudes who run around in circles collecting checks. No, 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 no. No, I have a question for you, Jomi. I have a question for you. I know Raj has a question for you, too. Jomi, are you ready to have you given up on LeBron as a Laker? He's been he's he doesn't seem like he's locked in right now. He doesn't seem like he's locked into Laker Nation right now. I, I, he said some quotes. He tried to backtrack them, but I what are the what are the streets saying? What what are the streets saying? I mean, the streets you know are just are just sick of the Lakers in general. In terms of LeBron, you know, we know that he's you know the 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 ticket to get in to get him back. We just need. They got to figure out the roster. And this starts at the tippity top. Genie, Rob, they got to figure some out. The Rambi, like there's just, there's something going on there that's a disconnect from how you're supposed to run a basketball team. And until we figure that out, you know, having LeBron on the roster is a cheat code of saying like, look, we're trying to win. But nah, right? We still believe in LeBron. We feel like giving, you know, a little better team, we could, we could be back in these conversations of like, hey, we're a passable, you know, basketball team. But it starts at the top. LeBron, who it could it could be freaking, you know, the ghost of Michael Jordan out there. It doesn't matter as long as that roster is the way that roster looks. I have a, I have a couple comments. Um number 1 struck me when you said they're just out there vibing. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. It looks like they're just out there running around like it it, it just vibing. Not good vibes either. Um just no. vibing. Um no, no. I felt awful for LeBron on the baseline. He had nowhere to go. He realized that the weak side, the furthest guy away, weak side corner um, defender was sealed inside the big. So that opposite corner is guaranteed to be wide open. Any shooter in the NBA knows that pass is coming down the baseline. It's basically like a hammer action where you come and you float down to the corner. Exactly. And yep. Taylor Horton Tucker was going the wrong way, had buried himself on an angle where he couldn't get to the ball. I Dog. felt terrible for LeBron. You just opened, you just opened up a whole new can of worms, Roger. I, I just, just felt terrible just for LeBron. <laughs> Look, the, 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 um, the DeAndre Jordan pass was some of the wildest shit I've ever seen in an NBA game. He threw the ball essentially nine rows into the stands. Like, 
dog, you want to know how bad it is for the Lakers? They had to turn to DeAndre Jordan for effort and help last night. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Would you turn to your 90-year-old grandpa for hoops help? No. Now, right? I'm gonna, they did it, but allow me to do this because I'm going to sneak in this shameless plug. While there wasn't very good basketball being played in crypto last night, there was some good basketball being played in the Los Angeles area because the Junior Pangos All-American camp was being held in Long Beach. Mm. And, one, and one Ty Bell, sixth grader ah. class of 2028, went to work 25 mm. in the All-Star game, son. So you should have mm. went down and checked that shit out, Jomi. All I'm mm. saying, hey, can we get I heard the Lakers a need a point guard. I'm saying. <laughs> Lakers said they need a point guard. Saw, you know what I'm saying? He can, he, can, he can probably shoot better than anybody on the roster right now. Let's get uh, it. I felt awful last. It was terrible. I I concur. It was just bad. It's bad. It's bad basketball. It's bad. When do the sparks come back? I'm I'm ready. <laughs> like let's get it, bro. Like are the clutch checks still flowing, Jomi? Is, is the clutch influence how how um deep is the clutch influence in Los Angeles right now? Or is it still is it still locked in? Or is it waning right now? Where what are the streets saying? What's wow. going on? Well, you got to remember on. On Friday, LeBron had a little something to say to a certain media member. And, Mr. Uh, Bill Orem, friend of yeah, the show. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, and uh, I'm not going to say that uh, the Bill Orem pack went up, but on Friday night, it was a little, ah, it was a little grim for the old boy. But then LeBron came on Twitter last night and was like, hey, you know. I don't know. And, no, I think he Bill lit the pack. I think, no, I think he lit the pack. I think he, it wasn't, I saw the tweet. I don't think that yeah. he, I don't think that he fully just put the pack out. Yeah. I took one last puff before he put it out, put it out. Long, it was one long, last. Long story short, everybody was, was smoking that Bill O'Ran pack. So the clutch influence is still there. The clutch check still cash now, right? Does that mean that? The, the clutch influence has infiltrated like the Lake Laker Nation. I'm going to say no. But if you look in between Rich Paul and Rob, and like who do I trust? You know what I'm saying? That's tough. It's tough now. It's tough now. You got to look, you got to, you got to be honest. It's like, ah, you know, Rich, Rich Paul wanted to get John Wall, his client to LA to get some playing time. But at the same time, we're looking at this Laker Rob, this Laker Rob roster, and we're like, Rob, what's what's going on? So I ah! don't know, man. We'll that see. We'll check. We'll check. We'll check on you in a couple of weeks, man. We'll just see if you're just fully giving up. Well, maybe a month or so to see in if you fully just so, giving up. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, when is April? I hope. To, I honestly hope the Lakers. Are miss you a the Warrior play. fan right now? No, I hope the Lakers miss the play-in. I'm sick and tired. I just want to go to sleep. I want to enjoy my life again. I want to okay. be able to go outside and see the sun. And enjoy this beautiful Southern California. Well, while weather. I have you, hold on. While I have you, we don't. We Raja was not there, but Raja, we yeah. we took we got we got Jomi to Chase Center about uh, earlier this month. We got him out there, right? We got we, we he brought Laker Nation to the Bay Area. This is the first time I'm talking to you on the pod since then. Um, what was going on there? Sasha Mack was also there. Laker Nation had definitely infiltrated Chase Center. Lakers had almost won. I saw Jomi. I, I had an eye on Jomi throughout the whole. Game. <laughs> just to see his reactions and his emotions were up and down are you about that place right now where you were at chase center or are you are you are you are you up where are you right now are you are you where where's the, where, where's Jomi's psyche right now with in, in the regards to laker nation well actually this is great because we get to be able to share this publicly you took a picture of mm -hmm. me at I the did. game 
and that is exactly where my brain is right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting to go home. I'm like, hey man, what time? What time? What time the bus come, man? Because I gotta, I gotta get out of here. I need to. I got, I got places to be. Yeah. I got burritos to eat in the mission. You feel me? You know. I, I'll tell you something though. Chase Center is nice. The propaganda is, is good. That Bay propaganda is good. Not for me though. I'm loyal. I love who I love. But it's nice out there. But now nah, I'm checked out, bro. It needs it needs to be April. I want to watch right. real basketball. Let's go. Thank you so much, Jeremy. We'll, we'll check on you when um. Hopefully the we'll Lakers have we'll, been we'll eliminated be from playoff contention, and I can be happy again. For shizzle. All right. So that has been our Monday edition of Real Ones. We are here Mondays and Thursdays. Check us out. Um, but in the meantime, make sure you check out all our other shows. That's Upside High. That is The Answer. That is Group Chat. That is Weekends with Waz. That is our whole NBA slate. Also, make sure you check out The Ringer Music Show. Roger, Roger, I'm going to be on The Ringer Music Show this week. With Charles about Holmes? Kanye. With Charles Holmes. Oh, oh huh? with Charles Holmes huh? and Justin Sales. Um, we're going to be talking about the uh, Kanye a documentary on Netflix, part three. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, Kanye is, um, um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. um, make sure you also check out. Let's keep the propaganda going. R two C two with who? Roger Bell, Vallejo Legend, uh, the Crossside Clown, CC Sabathia. Make sure you check out Black Girl Songbook season three on the way with who? Roger Bell, mm, Town Legend, Danielle Smith. See you guys Thursday. Wow.